My name is Kenny Jacoby. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. This is our weekly Oregon football podcast where we review and preview all the games throughout the season. Do we have uh, a name yet for this podcast? Not officially. That's to be determined. We shall see. Maybe we'll just, our name is to be determined. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jack Butler here with Gus Morris. How you doing, Jack? Pretty good. Sean Meadow. Howdy. We are football reporters here at the Emerald. Cover, cover games, practices, everything. Um, we are going to preview the upcoming big game, big non-conference game against Nebraska. Hopefully held at Autzen Stadium with this smoke, but we shall see. But before we do that, we're going to review the Southern Utah game. It was a historic day offensively for the Ducks. They put up 77 points. They had the Autzen Stadium record, I think maybe even the school record for touchdowns in a in a game. You guys were there covering it. Just what were your takeaways from the game? Sean, you want to start? Sure. You were starting to go. I was expecting you, but the the atmosphere, that felt a lot different from last season. I, I thought that I covered the UC Davis game last season as well, the first game at Autzen, and there was just a feeling of optimism from the fans, the tailgates walking through from the parking lot felt a lot different. The crowd, the players on the sideline doing the swag surfing on kickoffs, it, it was just a different atmosphere, and that was for me the biggest takeaway that wasn't necessarily something that you can tick off on a scoreboard because I think that's what you can take away from it. I think going too much into something again in a game against Southern Utah, not to discredit them at all, but you, you, you have to look at the things that you can't really keep track of in a physical count, and I think for that, it's the energy. Yeah, and guys were saying too that, you know, just how fun the game was. And that was something that, again, you could feel from the environment. Um, you know, you could tell from guys after the game, you know, doing post game interviews. Everyone just seemed like they were enjoying themselves. Um, and I mean, even even me and Sean too, you know, waiting uh, for, you know, Coach Tagger to come out and, you know, do his, his, his you know, first press conference after his first win. Um, you know, guys were, you know, being loud. You could hear them all in the locker room. Guys were doing the fight song. Uh, yeah, I mean, guys just definitely, it was definitely a, a different environment than where we last left, uh, you know, Oregon football on the field. Um, and as far as, you know, actual takeaways from the field, too, uh, I mean, I think that this game was a kind of a microcosm of, of what you're going to see from, from Oregon this year. Uh, you know, run the ball. Run, 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 run. And then, you know, Herbert coming in every once in a while with, you know, a 15-yard strike here to Jacob Breland, you know, 20-yard strike here to Charles Nelson. But, yeah, I think I think the offense looked great. I mean, naturally they scored 77 points. And then the defense, you know, kind of started out a little shaky, you know, gave up a couple, you know, weird touchdowns, you know, in the right before halftime, but I think they kind of, you know, bounced back and held them scoreless in the second half. Yeah, I remember watching, I was just watching on TV, but I remember watching that first drive that Southern Utah had offensively and yeah, they there just was some flashbacks. There was, there was some was like, like nine plays. They just drove down the field and it was seven to seven. Missed and tackles. Like, like I yeah. think everybody that, that worried me if you're if you're an Oregon fan, that would worry me if I'm if I'm a Ducks fan sitting in that crowd and I'm watching that, there was gaps in the secondary between wide receiver and defensive back. It was very much a oh here we go again. Exactly. Right, like, yeah, it gave but, me flashbacks. But they they clamped down. They didn't allow any points in the second half after allowing 21 in the first half. It was it was seven points for a, a long time 
and then Southern Utah got two quick ones right right before the half, but clamp down at the end. But we'll we'll talk about the defense more in a sec. But you know, on the same vein as you guys, just the even on you know television what they were showing there, the atmosphere seemed different. It it seemed fun, and I think just on the field we had said in the podcast last week just previewing this game that it needed to be a blowout in order to kind of convince I think they did that, that and was, they, that and, was a, and they certainly they did that that mark yeah and, and again it's we don't know what Southern Utah is going to be Southern Utah team that was picked seventh in the big sky you know who, who knows what what you know what this really was I'll just say too it was a better performance than UC Davis it was and and that was kind of what I was comparing it to thinking about because UC Davis also a big sky team. And just seeing how it was last year versus this year. I mean, building off of what you already said, you know, 52 run attempts, 52 rushing attempts compared to 27 total passes. You're not going to get 50 runs, you know, 50 run plays in a game in packed off play against Nebraska, against Wyoming. You're just not going to be able to do that because you're probably not going to just utterly dominate in the way that they did on the offensive line. So we've we've kind of already touched a lot on the defense, but they were the question mark coming in. I mean, a simple question, but was the defense good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think they were really good in the second half, and I think they, again, they showed some flashes of that in the first half. You know, obviously the first drive was not at all what you want to see if you're an Oregon fan, and even Jim Levitt was said today at practice, and he was saying, like, no one wants to see that. Like, like he was – you could tell he was kind of, kind of upset about that on the sidelines. But yeah, I mean they they you know looked good for I want to say in about another ten minutes you know in the second quarter and then those kind of two weird ones and then yeah I mean second half they looked they looked pretty damn good but yeah that um the, yeah the defense looked good and the one the one thing that I will mention though is the injuries there were a couple injuries you know Khalil Oliver uh, went out and he was at practice today with the with the leg brace. It was a Jawan Williams didn't participate in practice yeah. either. So I mean, there were a couple guys who were who were kind of staples on that defense that you know left the game, didn't return, and now they're kind of questionable. So you know that that secondary that was looking so so deep and you know so talented is taking a couple hits. And I mean, again, we'll see if that really makes an impact against Nebraska. I, I think the defense was pretty good, but saying that with a grain of salt because there wasn't anything that you can say you can have an offense. I'm gonna bring it to offense because you have someone like Royce Freeman do what Royce Freeman does and you're like well he's doing well but the defense you expect nothing less than to play well against Southern Utah because when they play against Washington State at Autzen they they better keep them under 21 or at 21 or something like that because the defense as great as it is that you know, they, they had some stops the whole second half. It's against Southern Utah, and that's why overanalyzing this game is something that we're, we're obviously going to have to do, but it, it's uh, it's just a mess, to be honest. Yeah. I think, for me, an important and, and a point that I've heard is just the, the, the trend in which the defense played. They were porous early. They let that touchdown early. They let things slip in the second in the end of the first half going into the second half, but you know, they tightened it up. I think you'd much rather at least I think I would much rather have it as, okay, they got to you early a couple times, but the second half, you make halftime adjustments, you come out, you tighten them up, you shut them out. And I think that's a much better feeling that you have than you shut them out early, but at the end, you know, against you know, some first string guys they kinda start to 
they start to get to you and pick you away. I think th- for me that's a little bit better than that's a little worse than what they actually did. So so that was good. Well, and, and bringing it back to to UC Davis too again. This this defense looked better than they did against a worse team, you know, last year. So again, that take that with a grain of salt because it is a Big Sky team in these, you know, these past, mm-hmm. you know, UC Davis and Southern Utah are not exactly powerhouses in the Big Sky either. But I mean, again, you you kind of saw what you wanted to see. You know, there were a couple lapses, but they got a couple interceptions too. I mean, and and for a team that had what twelve interceptions all last year, it's good to see a couple of those too. Real quickly, just final before we move on to previewing the Nebraska game, just how much should Oregon fans take away from this game because? During this time that we've been talking, we go, this looked impressive, this looked impressive. But at the same time, it was Southern Utah. So which, you know, do they feel really excited? Do they go, yeah, this team, they're back? Or do you really, or should fans be like, we'll see. That was Southern Utah. I, I say you you go, offense is capable of doing some great things on the ground, and Herbert has one heck of an arm. But it's a young wide receiver core barring Charles Nelson. Then you look at the defense, and it's what what can we expect from that? We have no idea still. I think it's nothing learned whatsoever on the defense. To be, If, if I'm being completely honest, I've learned nothing from the, what you see against Southern Utah because it's Southern Utah. So Oregon fans, what they should buy into is that these players want to play for this coaching staff, and that shows just on the sideline. Yeah, and and I mean I think this will be an interesting season just in terms of seeing when they actually do play against you know good competition and actual competition. But yeah, I do kind of agree with with Sean's take here. You know, it's 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 good to see that this team is 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 back to playing in an Oregon brand of football that's recognizable. You know, I mean running up the score, you know, returning kickoffs, you know, for touchdowns. Uh, I mean, this is a team that that Oregon fans, you know, can actually feel good about after the first game. You know, com- again, compared to last year against UC Davis, it's not quite the same feeling. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that that whatever takeaways you take away from this game is, you know, with a grain of salt because this is Southern Utah, as we've said about for the millionth time. But but I mean, again, you you saw everything you wanted to see. You saw you saw you know the the, the running backs you know do what they're capable of doing. You saw Herbert have a you know stellar game. And you saw the defense, you know, adjust and kind of learn and adapt. So, yeah, I mean, all that against Southern Utah. So, again, we'll we, 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 we circle back. We, we will see. Back. We yeah. will see how this all goes. But yeah, well, again, a lot to learn, and 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 the game that's upcoming for the Ducks will will might be sort of the the show that we all need to see to truly judge it. Ducks going from an FCS team. Now to a college football blue bud. They're not ranked in the top 25, but neither are the Ducks, but still one of the premier programs in Nebraska. A team that they lost to last year in Lincoln, the infamous five extra point attempts or two point conversion attempts instead of extra point attempts. Uh, interesting note we saw. Poor Aiden, poor Aiden Schneider. Yes, we saw zero, zero. Uh, att- two-point conversion attempts or any sort of trickery from this uh, special teams against Southern Utah, so I'm sure the D- Duck fans are happy with that, but a big game. People are coming in from everywhere. It's kind of been one that's circled early as the true test of this team and one that Duck fans can really be excited about, a, a, a big non-conference opponent coming in in Nebraska. They're a team that I think, at least preseason, 
stock was kind of down on them. I think a lot of people expected them. They had a good season a year ago, but they lost a lot of pieces. A lot of people expected them to sort of take steps back this season. They lost they're, – they're only returning four guys on offense that are returning half of their defense from a, a season ago. And a game that a lot of Duck fans, a lot of people probably look at and go, hey, we almost won that game. Maybe we should have won that game. And then this year the Ducks, again, feel better, look a little better. And Nebraska coming into this game sort of maybe limping a little. They had Arkansas State at home, and they only won by a touchdown. They allowed 497 total yards Arkansas State racked up. So what are your initial thoughts on the matchup? I mean, I kind of spewed out some stats, some thoughts on it. Just, you know, when it comes to mind what you saw Nebraska maybe do on Saturday, what you saw the Ducks do on Saturday, kind of – I think I think the defense is obviously the biggest concern going in for Oregon. So I have to bring up the run game that Nebraska bring, and that's Trey Bryant. But that, that alone is going to possibly cause some problems. And I think I think Jim Levitt has his ideas of what he wants to do with the defense, and he's already implementing those thoughts. And I think I think that his philosophy is is a different philosophy of what these guys are used to, and you switch into the from Brady Hoke, what they had last year is the three four four three switch up, and it's just it's going to be something that Oregon's going to have to get used to. But I think when it comes to the offense, I think Oregon's going to be able to put up a lot of points. I think it's going to end up a blowout, like, but maybe not a blowout. Well, I shouldn't say blowout. Blowout means they'd win by a lot. I, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying that you, there's going to it's yeah. going to be a lot of points on the board. I think it might total in something over a hundred. I'm not saying what the margin is because I have no idea. Drive down to Vegas, put some money on that right now. I was going to say, do we know what the over-under is at this point? I actually don't know what the over-under is. I know the Oregon is favored by 14, which surprised a lot of people. It initially opened at 9, I believe. Like seven and a half or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, gosh, somewhere low and then jumped up. But, yeah, Gus, I mean, you're – Thoughts reading up on both these teams and looking at both these teams? Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's kind of an interesting team. I mean, the that Arkansas State game was, I, well, I mean, we'll see if it was a fluke or whatnot, but, uh, I mean, their defense definitely did not look good. And and that could be a product of, you know, them switching to, uh, you know, they switched their defense now to, a, to I believe, a 3-4, and yes. they do have a new uh, defensive coordinator. And growing pains do happen. I mean, I don't expect Oregon to be perfect this year either in terms of defense. I expect them to have some growing pains at some points this season. And I think Nebraska's kind of experienced those earlier than they're they're taking their licks now. And well, I mean, again, we'll see how that pans out down the, you know, through, through through the rest of the season. But I mean, as far as as far as where Oregon's offense goes and where Oregon er, and where Nebraska is strong on defense, I don't think this is an entirely a great matchup uh, for Oregon. I do think they'll that they'll still win just because their talent is better. But in terms of, you know, rushing defense, I think Nebraska actually has a pretty decent rushing defense. Now, their secondary is, you know, is kind of the area that that leaves something to be desired. And if, you know, if Oregon had a, you know, if if their wide receivers were, were, you know, a little more, were better, and if they were a little more, you know, experienced, then maybe they could take advantage of that a little better. But I think this will be a a good test to see where that is. You know, we kind of know where the run game is. Uh, but you know we'll kind of see where uh, where the uh, you know, Oregon's wide receiver game is at this point. Yeah, and an interesting wrinkle in all of this is Mike Riley, the former Oregon State coach, now at Nebraska. He brings in a quarterback, a transfer quarterback from Tulane, and Tanner Lee Jr., a guy who I believe he's like six four, two hundred twenty pounds, sort of a 
prototypical guy. Some people think he's an NFL prospect, a guy who maybe could make it in the league one day. He's got a big arm, and I sort of look at him in maybe the same way. If you guys remember Sean Mannion over at Oregon State, they yeah. put up huge numbers. They had wide receivers like Brandon Cooks, um, a lot of guys who could stretch the field. And I don't know if Nebraska has that wide receiver, but they certainly have the quarterback with the big arm. So I do expect them to test this secondary early and be able to just, I think there's going to be some times where they just fire it deep and, and see what happens. So, and, and there were some pass interference penalties against, against Southern Utah that the ducks had. So an interesting wrinkle there, but also the more interesting sort of, coaching duel is between Willie Taggart and new Nebraska defensive coordinator Bob Diaco. He actually spent three years at UConn before going to Nebraska, a team in the same conference as South Florida. So Willie Taggart, Willie Taggart offenses and Bob Diaco defenses have spent the past three years battling. Now UConn not exactly known as a football powerhouse, so South Florida got the better of them. But there was a progression in points in 2014. South Florida scored 17 2015, they got 28 and 2016 Taggart's last year, but Diaco's last year, South Florida got that up to 42 points. So I'm just going to be looking at the at the chess pieces. Sort of, there's a lot of familiarity between these two in terms of coaching. In terms of not only do the fans know Mike Riley, but these coaches they they know each other. So let's say the Ducks win. Let's say it's by roughly 14 points, what the Vegas experts say. What does a win mean for Taggart? What does a win mean for this program? I think it's a good way to announce that, you know, Oregon is back on track. And again, I mean, Nebraska, you know, had the close game against Arkansas State. So, you know, I mean, again, we'll see how good they actually turn out to be this year. But I think a, a win against, a, you know, a, a blue blood, you know, team like, like, you know, football program like Nebraska, you know, a Big Ten team that was, I believe, in the top, they were ranked in the top 10 last year, I think, at some point. Um, you know, a team that that has been really good, I think, a, a win at Otson over them and a convincing win. Uh, people are going to be talk, talking about the Ducks a lot if that happens. A, a win in the literal sense just means more votes on the AP poll. I think I think that's that's has to be said. And I think if they go to Wyoming and do the same, then I think they're in the top 25. But a win is... Is huge because you don't think they're in the top twenty-five. They beat Nebraska. No, I, I think they're the favorites. Why? Why? Why give them an edge on? Unless like a bunch of people start losing, which is obviously. I mean, it's college football. Possible. It's college football, and it is early days, so you don't know what is what. But a loss is probably detrimental, and a win is at this point expected. That's how I look at it. So, a, what does a win do? It just honestly, AP votes and. For the fans and for the people who could fire the coaching staff, it's all right. Keep it up, because I—that's how I look at it. It's very literal. Because Taggart's it, got that short of a leash, huh? Wow. Oh, <laughs> if this is to Nebraska, that seems oh, warming up already. I'm, I'm not saying that's the—that's not the case. I'm getting that here, but what—it's—it's <laughs> it's almost like it's—it's it's almost cutthroat like that, though. The way that sports are it with is, is. with how quick. Coaching staffs are are brought in and ask shuffled Mar- right out. Ask Mar- Mark Elfridge. Yeah, that's that's well. It's the same people that hi- that fired him that have hired Willie Taggart and kept him around for so far one week. And 
he's going that's, to be that's a long time a he's, long he's time. going to be around i think because the players believe in him it's a different atmosphere but but a win is is it's it's expected at this point so again it's like i'm i'm not over analyze i'm not under analyzing this and i'm i'm definitely not going to over analyze anything out of southern utah but until they play against a legit team and this is what that legit team is it's nebraska and then they're going to have to play against a tough wyoming team away and I don't know how they perform when they don't have their fans and they don't have their swag surfing at kickoff. Oh, yeah, true. Swag surfing. That's uh, swag, two, two on the swag surfing count for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll try and we'll get the swag surf counter for the year going. Sean, I can't wait for your tagger on the hot seat column. When, <laughs> it if, won't if they, if they lose. I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it's a, lo- a loss would hurt really badly because Oregon's favorite. I can, see it. I can just see the headline now. Meadow is the, is the seat warming for Willie Taggart. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chip, Chip's out there. Uh, I'm oh, just wow. Just anyway. Oh, no, wow. You know, you know that else? is something. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I did see Brady Hoke in a Tennessee uniform, and he made me kind of sad. I want him back. Yeah. A Ducks fan do too. <laughs> um, well, Sean, you've certainly already hinted at it, talked about it, but we'll – We'll do some predictions here, Gus. Before we get into money line, anything like that, straight up, Oregon or Nebraska? Uh, I think Oregon. I think they cover the spread. Oh, we're not putting numbers on it yet. Just I don't. Not, just who wins? Not points. Just straight up. Oregon, I've said it like Nebraska. six times, Oregon. Right. And if they don't, the if they don't, there's a huge problem. Taggart's gone. Taggart's gone. That's um, that. You can listen back. I didn't say that. We all heard it. Um, <laughs> we have it on tape. Straight up Oregon, I think that that's my pick as well. But the Ducks are favored by 14 points. Um, Gus, you already said it. You're taking Oregon and the points, so they got to win by 15 or more for Gus to win his money. Um, I've had a tough time with this one because again, like we all sort of circle back to, it's like what we, you know, we we saw some things in Week One from both these teams, but who knows how hard it, you know, it can be really judged, really hard to judge a college football team off of one week, especially that first week. But I'm going to take Oregon, but I'm going to take Nebraska on the points. I think it's going to be a close game. I will happily I take figure, your money there, Jack. I figure why not? I think Nebraska will not be af- in any way afraid of this Oregon team and what they did to Southern Utah. I, I'm, I'm sure there are some things that they look on this tape and they think that they can attack. And I'm just going to say the, the familiarity with Nebraska. I think they're probably a little more familiar with Oregon than Oregon is Nebraska. But, again, Ducks straight up. Sean, you're, you, you've you already said pretty hard Oregon, but – and you think well, – one, 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 one more time. One more time. One more time, Sean. You want a score line with this one? I'll Do give it. you it. 45-28 Oregon. Okay. There you go. You heard it here. That does it for our podcast. Tune in to see if uh, on one thirty Fox, I believe, assuming it's not postponed or removed because of smoke, that's also something to keep your yeah, eye on. Yeah, we're talking about a game that might not even yeah, actually yeah. happen on Saturday. How, 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 see. Just how crazy would that be money-wise? That's what I'm curious. In terms of gambling and betting? No, uh, I'm talking about the oh, schools. Oh, that's where oh, my mind went. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, man, that's a that's an alleyway that we do not have time to say, go we'll, into. We'll cross that bridge if, if but, we get there. Tune into the game. Tune yeah. into our podcast next week where we'll dissect it all, go into it, and we'll look forward to Wyoming. Jack Butler. Sean Meadow. Gus Morris.
podcast. Because Sean doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, Sean's already. I don't know how podcasts work, guys. Sean's already writing his column about how, <laughs> about that's what, how that's, Taggart. That's the inspired. typing you hear. Yeah, that was the typing you heard. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Stay here to listen to more Emerald Podcasts. We got all sorts of great stuff. Thank you.